Hey everyone, how's it going? Welcome to Know Your Gear QA Live number 155. Almost sounds like welcome to Saturday Night Live. <laughs> Anyways, uh, number 155. Uh, welcome everyone. I hope you guys had a productive or good week. I uh, hope you guys are being safe and uh, and doing your best to, you know, find the joys where you can. Let's start there. A uh, couple things to know, as always, is that uh, these live streams also are podcasts. You can stream them as podcasts if you'd like on uh, iTunes and whatnot. The other thing is, if you're live watching for the first time or coming back and you want to ask a question, you start it with a question mark. Uh, that way I know you're... Um, Asking me a question. You start the question with a question mark, not end it. And uh, the other thing is, uh, if you're also uh, checking this out for the first time and uh, you want to just get right to a topic, I index all of the live shows in the description so that you can click and go right to that uh, question or uh, discussion. And uh, that, that makes it easy. So we'll get to some questions. I have a couple things to talk about. Today is also going to be a strange episode because it's going to start with a disclaimer. Ooh, hopefully the internet is being haved. Uh, what's the disclaimer? The disclaimer is um, that everyone's going to have opinions out there and not necessarily all these opinions are right or wrong. And uh, so I'm going to be giving some opinions today. The reason I say that is because I was I received a question this week and I'm going to answer the question today. But I wanted to to actually state not that this is just my opinion. And uh, that's what it is. So uh, there you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. I don't know if I'll start with that question, but I'll let you know when we talk about it. Um, let's do let's. Hit some stuff. Let's see what's going on. People are jumping on. They're putting questions. Uh, I saw a question from Jose. Jose Soto says, hey, uh, I'm be I'm buying a left-handed U.S. Strat uh, and, and locking tuners. Will they fit on a Mexican uh, Tele and Strat? Yes. Uh, the USA uh, locking keys. Now, of course, I'm assuming you either have the fender locking keys or locking keys that fit the USA Strat uh, holes and posts. Either way, if they fit on the USA version Strat and Tele, they will fit on the Made in Mexico Strat and Tele. Uh, the tuning key should interface. Now, of course, I can't predict every scenario if you have vintage guitar versus a standard or professional, but um, and, and, you know, I mean, there's different different types of versions of US and Made in Mexico guitars. But generally speaking, the majority of the guitars out there are going to universally cross over for the most models. Okay, so like I said, unless we're talking about something like a vintage, but even like the uh, American Deluxe or American uh, Elites, or did they change it again? Is it something else again? Anyways, uh, those tuning keys would also fit. Fender P uh, keeps as many of the parts. Uh, standard as possible, especially since 2008. I don't know if you know that. In 2008, Fender made some changes, and some of the changes they made to the made in Mexico and the made in USA lines is they really made a lot of stuff more universal um, to to cross over, and that's with switches and uh, potentiometers, all kinds of stuff. So, so there you go. Uh, we have a super chat. I'm going to hit that right now. Since uh, starting, I think, May 1st, they're going to change the way the super chats get shown to me so i gotta get used to kind of hitting them when they come up now um shawnee is a cubs fan hey shawnee what's up says hey phil what do you think of the jcm 2000 amps 
There's a 50 watt version for sale near me. And I'm curious also thoughts on the PV 6505 plus 112 combo. Sure. Uh, thoughts on that. I like the JCM 2000 amps. I always have. You're in good company. Everybody from Nuno Bittencourt to Jeff Beck plays the JCM 2000s and um, or has used them. You know, even Joe Bonamassa was using uh, JCM 2000s, I think, for a little while, right? Wasn't that a thing of his? I know he was using the Silver Jubilees, but I think he was actually using JCM 2000s as well. And if he wasn't, let's just say it's a great and that's sometimes when you say an artist use something keep in mind uh like paul gilbert uh he'll have a jcm 2000 as a possible backline amp uh being that's rented or behind them on stage great amps there's a newer i think made in vietnam one versus the old uh, uk ones i of course prefer the uk ones for no reason whatsoever i'd like to say they sound better but i've never really sat and compared them uh just belief system says that the older ones were probably built better I don't know if it's real. I'm just telling you, I, you know, I would rather buy the UK one over the main Vietnam one. I will tell you, I think the UK ones will hold value longer, but doesn't matter. <laughs> I can't tell you definitively, but I, I like them. It's a different sounding Marshall than let's say the 800 or the Plexis, but it's a, it's a cool amp and I dig it. The PV 6505 plus 112 combo is a good combo. I was going to say great, but that's probably stretching it too far. Um, it's a really good combo. I have played it many times. It uh, It's not nuts heavy like the uh, 212s are pretty ridiculous, <laughs> but uh, the 112 is pretty good. Um, you didn't ask me, I think, which one I like better. I would think... Here's where it, here's where it's going to get tricky. Uh, I would probably pick the JCM 2000 because I think a Marshall in, over time would fit my needs more and hold value more and be more interesting uh, in the idea that, uh, you know, I'd find different applications for it. But the 6505 Plus is a great amp, let's be honest. So those are great amps. I don't think you can go wrong either way you go. Just get a good deal. <laughs> right now it's time to get deals. Um, let's see. And we'll talk about that too. Let's see. Um, there was a question that I saw. Oh, I just saw a, a super chat, but hold on, hold on. I, I want to grab it because it, I think it ties into uh, the live hangout we did with the patron hangout this Wednesday. Did I see I'm not old. I'm vintage. Say he got a silver sky. You did it, buddy. Uh, right. Uh, we were talking about that. Uh, what color did you get? I'm curious. So if you put that in the comments, uh, somebody sees it, can they post it so I can see it? I'm going to be looking for it as well. While I get uh, Justin Mabes. Uh, Justin, I got your email. I have literally been doing drywall today. My hands are just chewed uh, to, to hell. Um, I've been using some of this time... Uh, although I say that, but I've been working more than normal, but uh, to, to do some home repairs. And uh, these were repairs that I were going to have done. And I decided to I, you know, have the time and save a little money. I'll do the work myself. And and the original owner did some weird stuff. <laughs> so uh, I discovered it today and it really in, it, it ended a project. Uh, but the answer to your question is, uh, Justin, not this question, but the question you sent me was, uh, I sent your email to my wife so she could take care of that. Um, Justin says, uh, hey, Phil, thoughts on the Charvel Pro Mod series? I ordered Pro Mod DK24HS2PTCMQs. <laughs> Did you love all this? DK24HH2PTCMQM today. Woo. You know, 
you know, Justin, I probably, you probably don't even, maybe you don't find the humor in this, but I would imagine because you're in the Air Force, y- you would. That is a weird name for a guitar. Pro Mod DK24HH2PT. TMQM. So I'm thinking, I'm just going to guess. I'm guessing at all this stuff. Uh, DK2424 frets, a humbucker. I don't know what 2PT means. Um, uh, CM, QM would be quilted maple, right? I'm going to look it up because you're asking me a question. What do I I have, I, I think I have, this is where it gets tricky. I have a DK4. Um, and I think the, I found the one. Yeah, Pro, Pro Mod. Cheers. Hold on, I'll share with you guys. He didn't say what color. Is that in the color codes? I'm looking. Please hold tight, guys. I will share with you. Pro Mods. Because I'm really curious what we got. DKHH. 2PT, ah, CM Ash, there's so many freaking guitars, Charvel's making a lot of different models right now, DKHA 2PT, ah, this is it, okay, I'll share with you guys, hold on, maybe it'll be interesting, I don't know, so, uh, here's what's funny, let's start here, let's start with the easiest thing to say, uh, Justin, the one you're looking at right now, the Pro Mod DK24HH2PTCM, uh, you have, I'm going to go back to your question. If I can find your screen. You have the Pro Mod DK24HH2PTCMQM. Okay. Well, let's start with the easy part. The one you're staring at right now, the black one, that's the one I have. It's actually in my rack behind me. So that's the one I have. Um, I'm thinking. Uh, yours is not in this series, but it's, it's gotta be the quilted maple top. I'm just curious what the other two, I guess two point tremolo, right? We're having fun. I'm just guessing, but I'm sure two TPT is two point tremolo. So we're going to see it as pro mod DK 24, 24 frets, humbucker, humbucker, two point tremolo. M. <laughs> Remember when they just named stuff. So I'm thinking this is yours. Right, CMQM. Yep, there it is. Chlorine burst. Oh, of course. You know, I used to want a um, a uh, chlorine burst guitar forever. What was the chlorine burst? The Jackson, um, Phil Collin from Def Leppard. That guitar was awesome. Let's get rid of that. Um, let me get back to my screen. So uh, you you ordered one? That's awesome. Uh, my thoughts on it? Well, I'm I'm working on. Oh, you know what, Justin? You uh, maybe have perfect timing, so it'll work out great. You'll get yours. You'll have a day or two to play with it. I have a video of that guitar versus the Ibanez AZ, right? Just to give a reference, it's not a fight versus which one's better, as so much of a why I like each one and what I don't like about each one and what I modded on mine i've modded both of them so you'll see in the video what mods i did to them and uh and what my thoughts were so um and then uh dj something a la caca (laughs) it's just a lot of letters dj illa said uh totally copying the ibanez easy you know what's funny is i i understand what you're saying totally 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 justified opinion and and comment by the way but i always kind of i think i'm i think i'm i think i'm done with the copying thing what i mean by that is i'm not done with guitar companies copying each other i think i'm done with caring about who copies who and here's why i did a video uh about the fake uh mayonnaise guitar 
And what's interesting about that video, and it, it, it you know, it's got a half a million views or whatever it got. And uh, it, it was one of the, you know, better performing videos of the videos I've done. And um, it's a fake guitar. And I think I've decided the difference between fake and copy to me. I, I don't know why I had this epiphany. I thought maybe it's worth sharing with you guys. I've decided that, you know, if you see somebody and you like the way they look, you know what I mean? You're like, hey, I like the way they wear their hat or they, the way they, they wear their clothes or the colors they choose or the style they have, you know, right? Um, you know, maybe you see a famous person. Hey, you know, we're all guitar players. So obviously, we've all been affected that way. We see a famous rock star and we uh, copy a little bit of the way they look. I've decided that that's okay. <laughs> right uh copy it a little bit you know what i mean change it uh as long as you know you're and here's why i say here's what i've decided the difference between a copy and a fake so like a harley bitten is a copy to me i'm not i just pick it on um, them because they're easy a car a harley bitten or an sx or you know, all knockoff guitars they're a copy of a of a brand of a type of guitar that's probably a copy of another guitar as a copy of another guitar and I don't care about the copies. The fakes bug me. And here's why the fakes. To me, it's different. To me, that there's a difference between uh, copying the way somebody looks and faking it would be literally like um, stealing their, um, what do you call it? Their uh, their identity, right? One's a crime. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm not, and I'm just saying that's a great comment that you put because it really, it leads to this conversation, which is that's how I feel. I'm curious how you guys feel now. I feel like at this point in the game, I think like the car industry, the clothing industry, um, you know, at this point, I don't know if guitar players are going to buy different things. Companies keep trying to create new designs for guitars. They flop dismally. So you're almost saying as guitar players, we're almost telling this industry, if you don't make a Gibson or a Fender, we won't buy it and we don't care. And that, and you guys can say, well, there's exceptions, but we know there's really not. There's, there's very few. In fact, talk about today's video. Behind me, I have my uh, Alvarez Dana Scoop right there, the red one. That was a little different. Didn't last. Uh, I have my Fremis, Fremis, uh, I must say Fremis, Fremis uh, television right there. That's a different looking guitar. Although there's a Jackson that looks almost like that, by the way. And, uh, and there's some cars that look like that. So, uh, so what I'm saying is I think it's okay to be inspired now. And the reason I say that is because I find myself liking so many guitars now that are really copies of other guitars. What I mean by that is, um, what's a good example? I, I like my GNLs. They're copies of Tellys. You know what I mean? I know it was Leo Fender still, but it's still a copy of a Telly. So I like my AZs, which are to me copies of Fender style guitars. So, you know. I don't know. I'm curious. I'm really curious. Yes. Sean, uh, Sean Condon, Condon, Sean, I'll just say Sean. Sean said, and it jumped, the Mark Morton Jackson looks like that. A absolutely. Absolutely. It's got the same vibe. And here's the funny part. Uh, that Framus right there, that model, this is a slight variation of the original, but the original one was put out in the, like the sixties. So you know what I mean? See how funny that is? Like when I saw this, I thought, ah, it's a copy of uh, Jackson. And then when we were in Germany one time, we went, a bunch of us went to the Framus Museum. And in the museum, we saw the original ones of these. And they were, like I said, they were from the 60s. And they were probably copies of something. They're probably, there's a, there's a guitar that they were copying then. So, so my point is, uh, what's my point? My point is 
that I'm I'm allowing for myself, right? I'm not telling you guys what to do. I'm allowing myself to just stop caring a little bit about that stuff. Uh, what I really care about is blatant stuff. You know what I mean? Like if you're copying the the logo and stuff like that, or you're trying to cheat me and tell me something's a Gibson and by putting a fake Gibson logo on it, that's to me, that's fraud. That's not right. But if you make a Gibson style guitar, like whether Kiesel does it or PRS or Harley Benton, I don't really care anymore. You know what I mean? If I like it, I like it. Uh, I think everybody at this point, and the reason I say that too is, um, it, you know, it dawned on me, my wife uh, has a sticker on the back of her Honda because when we go in the parking lot, sometimes, sometimes we can't find her car because there's like every car looks like a, hers is a silver, uh, a silver car. It lo looks like every other silver car. So just thoughts. But like all these, uh, these uh, conversations I start, it's really about you guys to start take it over. Let, let you guys put some stuff in the comments. What you guys think? You know, think I'm off base? You think I'm close? Or you have a variation of that idea? Again, it's just a theory. Um, and then Casey says, but Phil, you should only play authentic. Do you think they'll ever live that down? <laughs> the play authentic thing? Yeah, I think that's forever, right? You'll never be able to say, think authentic. It's like, uh, whether that's good marketing or bad marketing, it, it's, it's forever going to be what I think of when I think of that. I, uh, yeah, uh, Zaza, Zazi says silver cars are one of the most popular. I live in Arizona. It's so freaking hot here. All the cars are going to be white or silver, <laughs> right? There's there. I mean, we really per, per capita have to have more white and silver cars. It's obvious because it's just so hot. You know what I mean? Uh, let's see. Um, Stone Dome 93 says, do you like sound hold humidifiers for acoustics? You know, what's a, what's this? I will tell you uh, my speech on humidifiers for guitars. I don't really care what humidifier you use. What I've kind of learned, and this is the speech I used to give at the shop every time somebody came in and said, what humidifier would you recommend? Sure, there's a few I like more than others, maybe because I like the way like a syringe system works on the, on the Dario one, the Planet Waves one kind of works easy. And of course, um, no, Music Nomad makes some really cool ones with the gel. There's all those really cool ones out there. But here's what I, I will tell you. It, I, I would say never, but I mean, nothing's never, but I'm going to say never because it's generally close. I've never had anyone ever come in with a cracked acoustic or damaged acoustic. And uh, and I said, well, did you humidify it? And they're like, oh, absolutely. I had two humidifiers going. It's always like, what's a humidifier? <laughs> so the point I'm saying is, is uh, it's kind of like if you're thinking to use a humidifier, you're probably going to do okay because at least you're aware of the the thing that you need to do, and you're putting some humidity, humidity, humidity in the guitar. Sometimes I talk too fast. You're putting some humidity in the guitar, and uh, I think that's good. Um, so do I like them? Uh, do I like sound hole humidifiers? Um, I don't use humidifiers. Like I said, I live in Arizona, and I don't. Um, I just don't. None of my guitars get humidified. I don't humidify anything. So uh, I don't, I can't recommend that you're taking your own risk. But what I will tell you is I pick all my guitars and, you know, I don't have any issues. I just don't. So. Uh, okay. What else we have? What else do we have? We have some stuff. Hold on. I think I missed some super chats. So before I do anything, let me hit the super chats. I did. 
Okay, we have William. William says, any opinion on replacement Tele pickup sets? Do you have a favorite? I have vintage noiseless and they don't seem punchy enough. I am not a fan of the vintage noiseless. I'm not a fan of any of the Fender noiseless pickups. Um, and again, you know, take that with a grain of salt if you're out there watching right now. You're like, But I love mine, Phil. Good, love them. But I don't. <laughs> so uh, there are some I like better than others, but I don't like the vintage noiseless and I don't like the newer ones that much either. Uh, I don't know what it is. I've uh, just nothing really, really connects with me on those pickups. And when I AB them, I'm really even less excited because they're, although they're noiseless, they seem lower and uh, not output like push the amp, but volume, the volume the amp even drops down. It's a weird thing about pickups. Sometimes pickups push amps into overdrive and sometimes they can physically make the amp louder. It's a very very, very fun thing that pickups can do. Um, so the point is, uh, replacing them. Sure. I'm a traditional, uh, noiseless, uh, guy, uh, no, traditional pickup guy. I like, uh, some of the more vintagey type pickups for tellies. How, however, in my personal telly, I do have the Billy Gibbons set of pickups and, uh, those are from Seymour Duncan and they are noiseless. I like them better than the Fender ones. And I don't, love them. Uh, I just like that. I have noiseless and they sound the most telly like to me. <laughs> so I really like them. Um, did I say I not like them? And then I said, I like them. You get what I'm saying. I'm saying they're not perfect. They're just the best of a situation. I'm currently experimenting with telly pickups right now to see what I like through using the Somnium guitar. I've been messing with all kinds of telly pickups. I really, really like the Lindy Fairlands blue set. Uh, blues set. They are really cool. They are freaking expensive, um, but they seem to be worth it. And um, and I'm also trying the uh, the Stuart McDonald uh, pickups, which are really good. And uh, but uh, I'll let you know. But like I said, if you want a punchier pickup? I would go with a more traditional Tele pickup. There's a reason why Tellys have the sound that they do. So I'm really curious though. I really want to try like the chopper, the Marjo choppers and stuff like that in the, in the telly as well. Jeff Parker says, got new BC rich warlock extreme extreme. There you go. One of those for you, buddy. It says uh, has a fishman modern in it. They don't allow coil tapping. I want to add best way has a kill switch. So remove the kill switch and toggle push pull volume. Yeah, you can do that. Do you, um, the odds are you would probably need to, I'm guessing contact fishman and get the, the uh the well i guess you could just put them on there but there's a wire plugs that you need to do the coil splitting no 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 that's not right on those see on those you just solder in the coil splitting so yeah you you can remove your kill switch i understand what you're saying remove the kill switch and then put the toggle switch there um if you're not going to use the kill switch do that if you like the kill switch don't lose that option uh yeah i think the best thing to do would be put the push pull in there um and then you can change the three-way to... Uh, so you're asking, I think, for options. I wouldn't switch from three-way to five, just my 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 two cents. Uh, I wouldn't remove the kill switch unless you're not going to use it. If you're not going to use the kill switch, put the toggle in there. If you're going to use it, I would do the push-pull and uh, and you and then solder in the... the solder in the... Uh, solder the terminals for coil split, and then you're set. So great pickups, the Fishmans. Tosh Jake Finnegan. It's a cool name. It says, can you get... Tokai guitars new in the US. Uh, Legacy series is amazing value for the money here in Australia. Also sad to see Doug has put Jet City amps 
on hiatus. Okay, so Takai guitars, as far as I know, you can get them because I've seen them on Reverb, although I don't know. I've never really paid attention if they were being shipped from Japan or something straight to the U.S. Uh, so I don't know. There's no stores I walked in that had them on the well, I thought Bizarre Guitar in Phoenix had some. I can't remember if they took high or not. I know they had Eastman. Maybe I'm confusing the two because both are kind of the same thing. They make a really nice import guitar. Although, of course, Takai is Japan. Eastman's more of a China thing. But um, So the answer to your question is you can get them in the U.S. I just don't know if there's U.S. dealers. But I know if I go online, I can get them and get them shipped. Very cool guitars. I've been wanting a Tokai Les Paul style guitar forever. Um, and, um, and the problem I have is I, I when I get in a whim to buy a guitar like that, which I did probably about a few months ago, I was online looking trying to get uh, one that wasn't a, you know, super heavy and you email them and you never get responses and then, or you get a response two days later and you've talked yourself out of it, but very cool. Um, but yeah, I, they are great money, uh, great guitars for the money. I love Takai. Um, and <clears throat> excuse me, I should warn you guys, not only was I doing drywall, but I did the dumbest thing this week. I've never done this before. Um, my wife handed me something for dinner and uh, I just took a bite like a, like a, the dumbest thing I've ever done. And it was scolding hot and it burned all the way down. It was horrible. I never had experience before. And it has been really paying the price of, of that for the last couple of days. So um, what else? Oh, oh, Jet City Amps. Uh, he put on hiatus. I'm not shocked. Um, I know at some point or at some point he was trying to get investors or at least he was open to investors for the, the amp line. Um, I think uh, uh, Doug, I don't know him personally, by the way, but I think Doug um, and Jet City Amps, the failure of Jet City Amps was he put all the eggs in the guitar center basket and that kind of that kind of hit him for as far as I see it. Um, Jet City was a brand that I think uh, I, if I was if I was. Uh, giving him advice, I would have suggested to leverage at least a 60, 40, 60 being independent mom and pops and 40 being guitar center. Um, and uh, yeah, Brian says blow on it. Yeah, I did. I did. And then I just, it's, it's a different story. So anyways, um, and so, yeah, it was definitely not a good idea to be because Jet City amps were fantastic sounding and very bargain for the price, but Nope. I'll give that lesson to you guys. I have too many friends in this industry who have companies who have done the guitar center only leverage and uh, it has come back to bite almost every single one of them. So I don't think it has anything to do with this industry. You know what I mean? If you sold socks, you would be pretty silly to sell them only to Walmart. You know what I mean? Because then one day when Walmart doesn't reorder or doesn't do something or ask you something, you're just in a boat you don't want to be in. So uh, on that note, yeah, it talks about Jet City, but um, yes, maybe it'll come back. It's on hiatus, right? It'll come back. There's opportunities. Um, there's opportunities. Speaking of which, that's a great segue to dun, 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 my reachable question of the week. So I have my here and uh, i received a question on reachable today this morning if you will 7 1 a.m and uh and um just looking to see if it says his name it's got a sign on i don't want to say a sign on so we don't have a name just a sign on the question was did the guitar wave of guitar gear 
Oh, did the great wave. I'm sorry, I'm reading this wrong. That's silly. Did the great wave of guitar gear peak? Will there will there be fewer gear companies in 2021? Nam question mark. Um, and I know I talked about this. This is why I was talking about earlier on the show about uh, opinions. This is my opinion. It's just an opinion. You can have one too. It's okay. <laughs> um, so what I mean by that is, uh, um, and the reason I tell you that is because I, I, I am going to be a little uh, salt and peppered with this opinion, with the fact that I do spend a lot of time talking to companies. So there's a little information that's based on some of the conversations I've had with some of the companies about what's going on. Uh, and uh, so we're going to talk about the industry because that's, that's something that we're discussing. And so to answer his question was, you know, basically he's wanting to know is the, you know, we, we're in a boom. We were in a boom. The industry was in a boom. That is for sure. Uh, the beginning of this year, 2020, there was a boom. It was a record, record numbers at NAM. Uh, companies were seeing record orders of guitar sales and amp sales and, uh, you know, what's going to happen. And, uh, and, uh, so of course none of us know. That's why I said, this is an opinion. No one's got a no one's got a crystal ball, but I will tell you some things that I think will probably be interesting if you're a gear channel that or I'm a gear channel. If you're a gear lover, that you may may help you understand a few things. First thing I want to tell you is some old advice that I've given you before. I will give it to you again. The money will run out before the deals do. Don't forget that. So as you're seeing some of these deals, although I do think it's a great idea if you can help the economy and buy something, uh, that's great. Uh, but I want you to be smart because let's be honest, when you see a deal right now, that deal is going to be coming for a little while. Now, the other things. So the question is, is the did the guitar gear peak? Um, well, yes, for a time being, it is peaked because uh, regardless of what happens next, uh, it's going to definitely affect the industry in the idea that we were kind of blind buying in the last couple of years. And that's never a normal. That's an exception. So uh, it doesn't matter uh, what happens next. That exception is uh, it's probably taking a little break for a little. So it change things. And how will that change things? I think it actually makes better um, for the for us consumers in the long run. So what I mean by that is uh, innovation has to come back. You know what I mean? It's a lot easier to sell. It's, uh, when, when you're in a boom market, you know, you, you, there's a funny trend that always happens and it does. And it's happened before in this industry many times over. It's like a company goes, Hey, this year we're coming out with purple <laughs> and you can get one unless you get in line to get purple. And you're thinking, you know, and you tolerate that crap because everybody's buying guitar and you want one. But the reality is, when the market is not boom, you don't pull that crap. You don't go, hey, I'm going to put a silly color on a guitar, jack up the price and limit it to only a few people. Um, that that's The industry tries to create, just like any other industry, tries to create artificial excitement. And in a boom market, you can kind of do that because everybody's in the mood to buy something. And that's a little bit more sexy exciting than the other color. And they'll do that. But I think when it's harder to get us to open up those pocketbooks, uh, I think you got to throw something more at us like, uh, you know, hey, we've improved it or we've added some features or this is, a, you know, or it's a real limited edition run of something. So I think uh, that's better. I think um, it's a lot easier to say, um, good news. We we made the amp better by making it the way it used to be 10 years ago is not very exciting in a in a market that's not a boom market. So I think that's when some of the changes you're going to see. As for the next part of the question, uh, companies gone for the year 2021. 
what companies there'll be a thinning of the herd of course um that's how that will always work right we've seen that has nothing to do with the last recession in the late 80s market trends are in our industry we don't even need recessions literally just the music could tr trend could change that's all it takes as we know right your genre of music becomes less popular and if you're the type of company that's catered mostly to that genre it's going to hurt you so that's that's something that again is going to have looking at the question again to make sure i'm answering it uh will there be fewer companies next year yeah of course but again i'm not saying because of the recession i'm saying anytime there's a change to the industry there's some losers they they go away and um that happens so it's a good time for companies to remember some of the key things uh customer service taking care of their customer valuing the customer uh giving value right back by making good product um that's another thing we saw in the boom you know one thing i can tell you i saw in the boom and i was getting really frustrated with uh, especially doing the videos and you guys don't i think sometimes comprehend and it has nothing to do with me there is 50 channels i can name right now that can probably agree with this statement we were watching so much gear and when you're touching so much gear after a while and looking at it and, and you know checking it out and getting involved with it you started noticing trends with how fast they were slapping to get things together. And it was really getting hard. And it's because they were trying to catch up to this boom. So I think we'll see uh, the quality have to improve. And I think in, uh, companies that make those changes or stick to those uh, principles, which is good good service and good product will do better. As for the NAM next year, I think the NAM, my prediction is again, this is my opinion. Uh, we already know summer NAM is uh, closed. Winter NAM is, is dead. Um, it has nothing to do with, um, so let me be very, very, very clear about this. I'm not saying there won't be a winter NAM. <laughs> what I'm saying is I would a guess as a betting person, I would bet that the attendance will be very low and, uh, for a lot of reasons, not only for the COVID thing, but also for the fact that, uh, it's expensive. It's already been shrinking. The NAM likes to tell everybody like, Oh, record attendance. But what they're not telling you is that the MI side, the guitar side keeps shrinking. So yeah, when I go to the NAM, is there more people this year than last year? Yeah. But it's all the DJ stuff and the, the, light, the lights and the smoke machines and all the stuff that I don't care about. That's what's growing. So, um, I think that's why the MI side, it's going to be a little tricky. Plus, I think companies are going to learn from this, uh, this thing that's happening right now, that you can really connect with your customer without having to physically go to a place like the NAMM show. So curious, but I'd like to know your thoughts um, on that. The other thing too is uh, we talked about this before at the NAMM show just a week or two ago about the fact that they're expensive. And in my opinion, they don't really uh, engage the way that I think they they should. You know what I mean? So with their with their customers. All right. That was weird, but I wanted to answer that question. Let's look at some other questions real quick. I know somebody just mentioned again to do a thumbs up. If you want to do a thumbs up, you can do a thumbs up. And okay, let's uh let's hit it right quick. We have Jeff Parker says, Oh, we already did Jeff. Sorry, Jeff. We did Peter. Peter says, Hey Phil from the uh, for my 50th birthday, I've put together a COVID relief fundraiser for Matt Schofield and band. Okay. They've been hit hard by tour cancellations. I hope you can share it. Sure. It's on Facebook and GoFundMe. Um, I will do my best, Peter, after when I index this to find the link and put the link at the index point at this point. Um, 
I know that there's a lot of ways if you guys are dealing or you guys know musicians that tour that are their tours are canceled. Of course, you know, anything you can do to help uh, help them. Artists, of course, are really get kind of hit by this pretty hard, as you can imagine. So, yes, no problem, Peter, obviously. And uh, I'll try to put the link. Uh, Peter, if you could, if you would actually make my life a little easier, you could send that to my email address. Um, either the ask your gear at Gmail or P McKnight seven at uh, Gmail. Uh, send me the link. I'll just copy the link when I do the index. Eddie says just some brew funds. So you won't stay too sober for the, uh, the, uh, the uh, Corona incident. Um, yes. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, my son is 21 years old. And, um, this year, uh, he's not, you know, obviously he's not into drinking. He's uh, never drank before. And what was supposed to happen this year was his request for his 21st birthday was he wanted to go to Ireland and, um, have a Guinness, a beer and, uh, or maybe a shot of whiskey too. Uh, anyways, he wanted to go to Ireland and do that. That was the big thing. And we've been saving since he was 16 for this. This is something that he's just had in his head. Um, and, um, Obviously, it's not happening this year. So um, I, uh, my son took his first, I'm not joking, first sip of beer, and he hated it uh, horrifically. Uh, he didn't do Guinness. I don't know why. I think it's because he wanted to hold that out for. Um, so uh, I just thought I'd tell you the story because it's kind of funny. And because, um, you know, we're all just sitting at home now. This is the new thing, right? And um, uh, so what happened was I, I gave him a jello shot. <laughs> And uh, so he tried, uh, he tried a jello shot. So it was cool. Um, he's, he, he didn't look like he'd ever do it again. <laughs> so just thought I'd tell you that funny story. Um, John says, Phil, thank you for the Rivera, Rivera rock crusher recommendation. It works great. I love my Rivera rock crusher. I'm glad you like yours too, as well. Again, like I said, it's not hard to recommend quality. Uh, that that's the easiest part. Um, Ah, Declan said Guinness doesn't travel well. You know, I, I agree. I, I, you know, my favorite beer, uh, and I go through uh, phases right now is 5415, um, which is a Belgian company's beer. I don't know. I don't know if that's the brand or the type of beer. Um, I had it at a steakhouse a year ago or six months ago, probably a year ago, and uh, loved it. And uh, I can only find it in one place uh, in, in town where I live. And, I, and you buy it in a six pack and I love it. It's got a very Guinness uh, vibe to it, but I like it maybe more, but 54, 15. So if you guys are looking for a cool new beer to try, I, I'm a beer. And I think we talked about this before, uh, 1554. Thank you, John. I know this. It's a, <laughs> I know what the box looks like. The six pack looks like, and I know it's numbers. So thank you for putting that 1554 is the beer. And uh, yes, uh, thank you, D. Mitchell, as well. And New Belgian, yes, 1554. Love it. And uh, so what I was going to tell you, well, that's what I do. Uh, I find a beer, and then I, I drink that for a little while. And then I get sick of that beer, and I go to another one. I'm looking for a different one. So different flavor, different thing. Um, Grumpy Mike guitar. Grumpy Mike guitar. Did, was it guitar before? Was it just Grumpy Mike? Is the guitar part new? Or was it always Grumpy Mike guitar? Anyways, Grumpy Mike says... A uh, little something for the lockdown chip jar, and why not? Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. I'll put that in the the tip jar. It's uh, very kind of you, uh, as always. Uh, he's a very good supporter of the channel 
like many of you. Uh, Ricardo says, hey, Phil, what hardware upgrades do you recommend for a 2008 American Standard aside from pickups? Also, what's your favorite combo? Uh, mine is Rosewood Board and Sunburst with Mint Guard Age White Knobs. Cheers. Gotcha. Um, so uh, mine, my favorite is Rosewood fretboards on strats. I only have one strat with a maple fretboard, and I'm, I'm actually going to let that one go. Um, I'm not sure when I'm going to put it on reverb, but I'm going to, I've decided that it's a strat. It's just, I'm not playing it. It's my only maple neck strat. And for some reason I'm bond with it is Sunburst. It's actually famous. Uh, it's the one from the five things you don't know about the Fender Strat review, uh, our video, not review the five things you know about the Fender Strat. That's the strat I use in that video. Um, and uh, so I've decided like, it's just time for it to, to go. And uh, so what I was going to say, uh, um, uh, so I prefer Rosewood like you recommendations for upgrades, um, for a strat. I like locking keys. I know that's kind of boring. A bow nut is always a nice upgrade. I generally don't upgrade my American strats to graph tech as much as I like graph tech. I usually, if I do an upgrade on the nut, I go to bone. I don't know why, just cause I think it's more traditional kind of vibe thing. Um, I will also sometimes change out the bridge and do the opposite of what everybody else does. Everybody else usually goes with these vintage bridge or titanium blocks or brass blocks. Um, sometimes I'll just upgrade to anything. I, I don't care as long as it has a push in trim lower. So all my strats, I'm looking not every one of them, but the majority of my strats and strat guitar strat esque guitars are push in tremolo arms. I'm not a big fan of the spinning the tremolo arm until it's, you know, it sets in. I like to just push it in and be done. Uh, Jeff says, if you had a choice between FR, FR, FR amp, okay, or rolling cube JC for modeling and preamp pedals, uh, which would you pick? I love the channel. Now I got to look up FR. Is that a Friedman amp? Oh my goodness. <laughs> You know, it's funny. I want to tell you guys this. The only place I say goodness is on the YouTube channel. I go, oh my goodness. But my mouth when not, it's, it's, you know, channel, I don't know, a little fun, little fun thing. It, the channel has, why I talk the way I do on the channel, why I'm so uh, PG 13 is not to get some kind of audience vibe. It's conditioning in my head. When you work in in the public, uh, you know, especially for the store and stuff, it was just always conditioning. When the store was open, no cursing, and when the store closed, I just my mouth went back to normal. Uh, oh, it's Head Rush, the Head Rush uh, FR FR. Um, would I pick that? I, I understand what you're asking me. Um, would I pick that, or would I pick a Roland, uh, the Roland uh, Jazz Chorus? No, Cube JC for modeling. I would do the the FR FR. It's it's probably tuned. Think about it this way. It's probably tuned and, and designed specifically for that. And I've heard good things. And I have some friends who have one. I think Brian S. has one uh, and he likes it. I think that's what he has. So. Brad Miller says, why do fret rockers have sharp points? Uh, CNC project in the work. Uh, it works. Uh, why do they have sharp points? I have no idea. I do know this. Um and it's probably a little early to tell you guys. So I'm not telling you guys to inform you of it. I'm just passing information. So we're talking. Um, Stu Mac guys reached out to me and asked me if I would be interested in curating a uh, toolkit uh, or tool bundle and, and basically saying, hey, 
uh, I, I think it's one or two. We're going to do one or two of them. And the idea is that I can, uh, you know, this, you get, you get a, a tool bundle. It's something that I use, right? Like it's my five favorite tools or my six essential tools. I mean, actually I'm just giving you this cause I don't want to take exactly what it is. Cause I already figured out what we've been talking about anyways, you get it. And then they give you a slight discount on it. And, um, I think I get a royalty or something to it. We haven't discussed that or anything like that, but, but it's just something like that. And, um, but my, my longing to do this is I would really, cause I really obviously like their tools and that's pretty much all I use and been using for 20 years. Um, but there is a fret rocker I want that doesn't exist. So I'm hoping that that leads to a discussion one day with them about maybe potentially making a fret rocker that I think I agree with you. I don't like all the current fret rockers, fret rockers that exist. In fact, I actually have the fret rocker that I love, um, but it was custom made for me by a friend and um, he won't do it again. So uh, I wish he would because it'd make my life easy. All right. What else do we got? We got um, some questions. We got uh, some interesting stuff. Did you guys see what happened with Guitar Center? They um, put 9,000 of their 11,000 employees on furlough. That was really not that big of a, a, a announcement. Uh, however, I don't know if you saw that Kansas City ordered Guitar Center, the facility, the main shipping facility, to close uh, because they said it, it basically uh, would not comply with the stay-at-home order. Uh, so they had to send 300 employees home. This was an interesting conversation because obviously what's going on right now, but more more so because it's an interesting thing now. Um, things that you guys probably not not thinking about, things I have to deal with, you know, being in the industry. Um, this is going to be an interesting thing, unlike a recession or anything else in the past, because what do you do when, let's say, a large billion dollar company or hundreds of millions of dollar company like Guitar Center Musician's Friend, by the way, Guitar Center Music Friend, they're shut down. They can't ship product from that warehouse. But Sweetwater is in Indiana. They're still shipping product from their warehouse. As far as I know, AMS is also shipping product from their warehouse as well. I know Sweetwater is because since being home or locked here down or whatever, I've ordered three things from Sweetwater. And I've gotten all three things in a very quick manner. In fact, one thing they, they like two day expressed it and I didn't pay for that, but they did anyways. Um, they didn't even like as a suggestion, they just did it. I, maybe, I don't know why, but my point is, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how this affects companies now that companies open, uh, you know, some are open and some are closed. That's what I was basically getting at. Some companies are open and some companies are closed. That's what I'm getting at. Like Paul Reed Smith guitars is closed. They're not making guitars, but Kiesel guitars is open. They're making guitars. So it'll be really it's a really interesting thing because I've never, we've never seen this before. So it's very crazy. Another thing about that, that's uh, probably worth talking about besides, you know, who's closed and who's open is uh, one thing that I was going to tell you guys to remember. Uh, we talked about helping out the mom and pop music stores. I want you to be aware of something that uh, came up uh, as you guys know, I do consulting for companies. I've been doing that for many years and a, a gig came up that I took and I was doing last week. It was a really nice, uh, heavy project. Nice, not, and then nice in a not good way. It was a really hard project. I, it was presented to me. I didn't realize a problem until we were talking about it, that a lot of mom and pops right now are suffering, not because of the lack of traffic. I'm not saying that's not a factor. That's a huge factor. I'm saying that's not the only factor you have to think about. What happens is you have to understand a lot, a lot of mom and pop music stores, a lot of them, are really rely on their band orchestra rentals 
and repairs and service, schools are closed. And so not only are the parents returning those rentals and not renting them, but uh, parents are obviously not buying reeds and other supplemental uh, things for the musical instruments. And that is not something that can be fixed like next month. In other words, let's say next month everybody opens back up. The music stores can open back up, but the schools aren't going back. My daughter's done. She's uh, A lot of you guys are probably experiencing this with your kids. My kids are done for the school year. They're not going back. Um uh, you know, until after the summer at the very least. So which means is the uh, you're seeing epic amounts of, of band orchestra uh, equipment on Craigslist. I'm seeing tons of trumpets and saxophones and all this stuff um, being sold. Parents bought this stuff and they just they're selling it. They don't need it now because they're not going to probably aren't going to sign up for the rest of the year. Right. Because there's probably not going to be even when school's back in. Who knows if they'll let this stuff happen? This is a real big deal because whether you guys realize it or not, you're probably thinking, I just want this to be something you guys are aware of. You're probably thinking of your mom and pop shop down the street. You're probably thinking they're not selling a guitar or a pack of picks, but you don't realize those rental contracts for a small music store could be worth $10,000, $20,000 of gross revenue a month. Big numbers, numbers that pay rents and, and salaries. So if you can... Uh, find a way to support those type of retailers and be aware of that. Uh, I'm just telling you, you know, do so. One thing I also be aware of is that a lot of the retailers on the East Coast, uh, which is what we talked about in my patron hangout, a lot of them are being very creative and trying to give you deals. As you guys know, there's maps. And so I just want you to be aware that you should be looking on Reverb right now if you're looking to buy gear, uh, especially if you're seeing, look for retailers on the East Coast maybe slightly putting like, hey, this guitar is mint condition and it's uh, 20% off, but it's actually brand new. And you could probably confirm that with them, but you're, you'll know. It, it kind of, you know, I, I, I bought a, a product uh, this week and it was 20% off and it was, of course, brand new with a warranty, but it was listed as, uh, you know, mint condition. Uh, of course, they were using file footage or file pictures. And of course, they had six of them. So I'm just letting you guys know these are options to you guys. And if you're, if you're out there purchasing stuff and helping the economy uh, and uh, feeding the addiction or just the needs that you have for gear, <laughs> um, I do, um, laughing because sometimes when you say needs, but you get the idea. Uh, just keep in mind those scenarios. Maybe those will help them and maybe those help you. All right. What else do we got? Um, I saw a couple other questions. I'm trying to find... There's 695 of us, so it kind of scrolls a little faster. If Remember, if you put a question mark first, I know you're asking me a question, and John just did. He says, thoughts on the Revolta guitars, the Revolta Cabanita? Cabanita. Cabanita. I'm going to say Cabanita. Cabanita uh, looks real tempting. Uh, Revolta is, uh, you know, all I know of him is what I saw RJ Ronquillo, right? He was using them, uh, and I've never physically touched one, so I don't know anything about it. Love the way they look, though. Love Love, love the way it looks, uh, love the vibe, but uh, have not physically put my hands on any. And then great Vanzini says, mom pops the, we don't have it, but we can order it plus shipping. No, thanks. Of course I, I'm not. I agree. I agree. So, you know, I would not, I have no reason to BS any of you guys. Uh, yeah. Some mom pops, it's a sucky situation out there. Right. Uh, and some of them, price stuff above retail. Uh, you know, I, I very, 
very accurately would depict to you that obviously for every time somebody says, oh, you got to support the mom and pops, there's some mom and pops that are just not really good businesses. Let's be honest, just because somebody isn't a corporation doesn't make them immediately a great business to buy from. Um, and some of them don't know how to manage their, their uh, resources or do things correctly or treat people correctly. So how about that? But uh, what, what I'm saying is if you do have the mom and pop store by you that you like, Right now, I want you to be aware of the fact that uh, that stuff's out there and it's killing them, um, especially the band orc stuff, because that's something they're not used to fighting with. They don't have to fight Guitar Center for and, and stuff like that. Um, the uh, They have music and arts, uh, which is Guitar Center's band orc side. But you understand it's not a big thing. They have to do that. Um, to, 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 uh, to fight and they get profit off that. And that being gone is probably a bigger thing. It's probably more off your guys' radar than, than anything else. You guys are thinking lack, lack of guitar sales, but that stuff's what's going to kill them. So, uh, be aware. That's probably the thing that's going to really start shutting down. I have two friends that own music stores and, um, I have a bunch, but I'm two in particular that are been big band work stores and, and, um, literally both of them are down 70% for the year. Uh, and that's, and that was the revenue that I really paid the bills. So it's going to be tough. Um, but I will say, I will say happy that we were able to sit down and, uh, and, uh, one of them, we were able to sit down and figure out uh, something that uh, financially it's helping them. So, um, let's do super chats. I'm looking at the super chats. Uh, it says, Hold on. Uh, Gary, big G Tholander says, Hey Phil, if you use the preamp out of the, my 6505 plus and run it into the mixer, do I need to leave the cab plugged in? Uh, yes. Now I'm not sure. Okay. And I'm saying that because I'm walking it through, I'd have to see the amp. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen the 6505 plus. So what I want to see is this, if you're talking about the preamp out that I'm cool with, you're running that to your mixer. That's great. Do you need the cabinet plugged in? I don't know. Uh, the answer is I don't know. And the, the reason is because I'm not looking at the amp. But what I can tell you is if somebody has that specific amp, we'll tell you some amps you do and sometimes you don't. It depends on the amp. And PB is one of the companies like the 6505 mini. Um, you can uh, use it as a DI unit and not have to put a load on the cabinet. So so the say for safety, you usually want to keep a load on the cabinet. So if anyone has the amp and they can chime in, that's great. But what I can tell you, Gary, is that in the manual, it should be able to tell you if you do that. And I don't. And I would look it up right now on the internet. My question though is 6505 plus, I'm assuming the head, but you could be talking about the combo. So if you could clarify that, you don't have to super chat the clarification. If you could clarify that, maybe we could look it up real quick and see, because I understand it's a scary question because you definitely don't want the amp uh, to to run. Um, it, Mr. J says, yes, you, you need a load. That would be my guess is that you need a load uh, to uh, something against the, the amp so it doesn't burn up that would be my guess <laughs> um if you do have the 6505 mini though there is a way to run it as like a preamp and not have to put a load on it most tube amps if they have some kind of di out and or you're running the line out which is your preamp out like off your effects loop um you're gonna have to still have a load against the otherwise the tubes will get super hot and burn up so Jim says, love what you do. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Uh, Voodoo, Voodoo Fist said, support 
donation. Thank you for the Friday show every week, man. I appreciate that, guys. That was really cool. Thank you for doing that, as always. Um, and um, so I'll make sure I answer when you guys do that. I try to jump over real quick and then answer some of the non-Super Jack questions. Because as I jump, I'm looking. I'm looking. I, I have so many screens up right now. Okay. Um, what else? Uh, Quentin James said made it back from Kroger safe, but give it a few days. I, I actually went out. Um, it was funny. Uh, Quentin, you probably remember this. Uh, some of you guys, I had, like I mentioned earlier, I was on a, a live show. Uh, I have a live interaction. I try to do is with the, the patrons and I had mentioned them that there was a video coming out that afternoon. You guys remember, and the video didn't come out until the next day. And it's because as soon as I got off the live chat with you guys, a friend of my wife's uh, called her and said, um, well, she's a friend of mine too, but your friend of ours called and said, there's toilet paper Costco. I had to drop what I was doing. This is the weirdest thing, right? And what a weird time to live in. I had to drop what I'm doing. But I was like, go with me to Costco. We had a put on our masks and put on gloves. Uh, I, I know there's a, a polarization out there about people's feelings about that. Um, you know, uh, but I will tell you what I think is it doesn't hurt anybody to do it. You know what I mean? If you can, if you're doing something and it doesn't hurt people, you should do it. Uh, or no, no one should have any input on whether or not you do it or not. I wear a mask and gloves. Cause my wife asked me, I don't even research or care why my wife asked me to do it. I'm doing it. Um, so, uh, <laughs> if she told me to wear a different hat. I would just switch. But, um, anyway, so we went to the Costco and we waited in line and got toilet paper. And, um, it's a very weird feeling, uh, <laughs> to, to do that. <laughs> right. It's a weird thing to stop when I'm, Oh yeah, I better stop and hurry and go get some toilet paper. Cause we were literally down to the, if you guys recall, when somebody asked me when the soul starts, when I had toilet paper was, I guess my wife was very smart because she was right. We were down to like the last of it. It would be, we didn't get toilet paper by next week. It was going to get like, okay, we're getting out the garden hose. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, weird times. Um, let's see what else. Uh, Okay, here's a good one. Humble Clay says, hey, Phil, I'm buying an electric guitar for the first time, but I'm worried about the longevity of a set neck versus a bolt-on. Is there a reason I should avoid set neck guitars? No, not at all. Um, you know, the thing that we say is, I like a bolt-on neck because if something goes wrong, I can always swap the neck. You're not going to swap the neck. <laughs> I've never done it. Never done it. Look at all these freaking guitars. As long as I've been doing this, I've never, uh, I've never had a guitar and uh, the neck twisted, and then I just got a new neck and stuck it on there. Um, you know, I've I've done it for customers though for warranty. Yeah, did a customer buy a brand new guitar and then the manufacturer? No, actually, you know what? That's not true. I'm trying to just say that so in case there's a scenario I can't remember. I actually the the one or two times I've had a guitar where a customer bought a guitar and uh, it had a defective issue with the neck. Uh, we made the company give them a new guitar because why would you just get, who would want, you know, who would want to buy a brand new guitar and then have it fixed? It's not, it's not really ideal. Um, so uh, to answer your question, no, you know what I mean? Uh, get the guitar. If, especially if you're looking for uh, your good for electric guitar, uh, longevity wise, no set neck versus uh bolt on neck. Um, by the design of it, here's what I can tell you. 
by the design of it, set neck guitars tend to be guitars like Fenders and Fender style guitars with maple necks. They tend to not have angled back headstocks. Um, and because of that, yes, they'll take more abuse. You can, if you have a strat per se, let's say you're a rock star and you want to set it on fire on the stage and kick it around like Jimi Hendrix and, and all the other rock stars do. Yeah, they take a beating where maybe I wouldn't throw the Les Paul or SG across the stage as much um, or at all, but if I was them as much. Uh, so to point out, uh, yeah, I think a set neck will have a little bit more longevity to it, but not something you should be concerned with. Not to the point where if I said you saw a set neck guitar, you liked it, I would not worry about that. There's just not, it's not enough to worry about. Uh, buy what you love. You'll play it more. You'll enjoy it more. And, um, you know, and, you know, if it breaks, then, you, you know, you'll get another one. <laughs> They're going to, trust me, very few things in the world today that cost what guitars cost last as long as guitars. I mean, it's just the reality of it. You know, you pay for good for guitars. Now you pay what you pay for phones and TVs and other things. Dishwashers, they don't last. Uh, not like a guitar does. All right. Um, All right. What else do we got? So I know I have a super chat. Hold on, guys. Okay. Uh, Nick Vaz says, do you think the new guitar prices will drop, i.e. PRS Silver Sky, other uh, in the next few months? They already are, buddy. You can get a Silver Sky pretty easy right now for about 1800 bucks. That's 400 bucks off. Uh, that's a pretty big chunk off the price. Um, what I will tell you is this. It only takes a sneeze, not a recession, not a, uh, a, a terrorist attack like we had with 9-11. Uh, it doesn't take a, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think, you know, I already said recession, uh, COVID-19. Look, we, you have, you have a pandemic, you have a terrorist attack, you have a recession. It doesn't take those things to hurt high end guitar prices, high end guitar prices, literally a sneeze, uh, you know, literally just the temperature change can change a high end guitar sale. Here's what I mean by that. Think about this. A guitar is a luxury item in the first place. Okay. This is why sometimes I don't like it when people are so critical about other people's purchasing price habits. Of course, we all want to talk about those things. Okay. I, I even do that in my videos. Like I think this price is crazy and I think this price is good. There's nothing wrong with giving your opinion. Give your opinion, but don't get emotional about it. If somebody wants to spend more than you or less than you, well, let them do it. But the point I'm going to say is this, is that uh, a $300, I'm just using this price as a, as a, as a number. A $300 guitar is a luxury expense item it's not something you need so of course if there's a recession or a pandemic or a terrorist attack would somebody be less likely to purchase guitars yes would that affect the sale of those guitars yes and would that affect ultimately the discounting and pricing of those guitars yes so if you believe that's true then exponentially i can tell you that it's going to get worse as you go up in tiers so I'm not saying now this is where it gets a little tricky though, right now, because there's another thing and I want to get guys lead, lead you down a, 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 a bad road. Do I feel that high end guitars prices are going to come down? Yes. 
But you have to also understand, because I've been in contact with a lot of companies, they're not making the high-end guitars right now. Most of the high-end guitar companies, most companies, period, but most of the high-end guitar companies are not physically building the guitars. So you might see where some of the retailers, of course, want to to churn some cash because that's what it is. I'll tell you this, the last recession, uh, that was a very important thing in my store to churn cash. If you guys are not familiar with that term, it basically means to put some money in and get some money out, just rotate it. So in other words, uh, let's say I have $1,000 in this guitar. Let's say this guitar here cost me $1,000 as a dealer and I have a $1,000 bill due and I would like to sell that guitar for $1,000. I don't make any money, but at least it moves and postpones the bill right? You, that's something you have to do. Now, granted, if you're doing that, I hope that's not a scenario. A lot of you music store owners are in right now. Um, churning for me was always a bigger thing. Like I have a $20,000 bill due and, <laughs> and I would really not have to pull that from, from any potential that maybe put me in a situation where I can't pay payrolls or, or, uh, teachers or whatever else. Or, so I would churn, you would churn some money. So you would sell some product at cost or close to cost to get it to move. Right now, you're going to see some retailers churn some products. In other words, they're going to sell some products. Maybe if you had, if I had a store right now and I had 10 Silver Skies in stock, well, my store, the size it was, would probably be about three, three to four uh, Silver Skies in stock would be something we would carry, like three of them, something in that price point. I would be inclined to let one or two of them go at a really good deal to, you know, get some money just above costs, pay some bills pay some vendors, you know what I mean? So churning for sure. Now, the the important part of that, the reason I want to tell you guys don't 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 be misled by this. It is very possible that the dealers that don't churn right now, it's very possible the dealers that don't sell the product at a deal right now may be looking at a situation where they might be getting over the map or retail prices. They might be getting better prices because uh, you know, when the world kind of resets or does whatever it's going to do, when people get to go back out and, and, and outside and stuff happens, it's very possible that, uh, or with this, you know, these, these, uh, these, uh, um, checks everybody's getting, you might go to buy this stuff and it's just not there. So again, it's a supply demand thing. So I'm just giving you the two, uh, uh, possibilities, but to answer your question, do I think the guitars, high-end guitars prices will come down? Yes. I think they're going to come down. I think they are coming down right now. Uh, you're seeing it. I've been seeing some smoking deals and that's why I reminded you at the beginning of the show that the, the money runs out before the deals do. In other words, I'm not saying not to buy the deals. I'm just saying, don't buy them out of a sense of panic. It's a sucker move. So Buy what you want because you want it. Uh, I would not buy a deal right now just because it's a deal because there's going to be deals forever, regardless of the market. There's always a deal. Um, what else do we got? Oh, wait, let me go back. I had some super chats pending and I left you guys hanging. I'm sorry about that. Let me do that. We have Brad. Brad says, uh, Brad Coleman. Brad Coleman says, waiting on a fender to, uh, waiting on fender to reopen to make my made Mexico base out of stock. Yeah. So I decided to get a Squire base in stock to pass the time. Can I update pots and smooth fret ends on the base? Just like a guitar. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great idea to do that, buddy. Uh, yeah. Uh, in fact, on that base on a, on a, uh, did you say it said made, it didn't say Squire base. Yeah. But did it say P base or jazz base? 
it doesn't matter. P-Base, Jazz-Base, definitely upgrade the potentiometers. That's a huge difference in those bases on the Squire ones for me. I don't like the way the, the, the usually they have the alpha-style pots, the smaller ones. They're not horrible, but you know what I mean? Take out some of that wire, put in a new output jack. That's kind of a nice thing. Little upgrades, little fun soldering, something to do in the afternoon, and it's going to make a difference. Um, it's minor, but it makes a difference. So I would do that. And perfectly timed comment, by the way, to my statement before, which is, yeah, Fender's not making product right now. So we're going to see a back catalog of certain things. It's going to be it's going to be a thing. man. So like I said, this is why I was saying before, it's tough. No one really knows how this is going to go. That's why today it's just about discussing it. I want to discuss it. I don't want to tell you guys that there's an answer out there because uh, I don't have it. And I don't think anyone else either. So because well, we've never done this before. Tony Coyburn. Hey, Tony, what's up, buddy? Says thoughts on the ever-changing Fender Mustang amp line. Yeah, dude, I'm sick of it. Uh, I bought a first-gen Mustang uh, two years later, the new GT series, and now I revised GT. Now Fender is not supporting the Fuse program. Yeah, frustrating for a buyer. I agree. I thought Ralph had told me, because Ralph had sent me a thing that they, they're doing an app or it's something upgraded with the Fuse supporting an app. Somebody said something like that. So it's not that it's not supported, but it's not supported in the way that it was before. But you could be right. I think, uh, I, I just remember reading that when we did a live show and then I thought Ralph sent me a text saying, no, they're, they're doing it as an app now. I don't know if that was for all products or the new products. I, 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 I feel you. I'm as... Uh, uh, I'm really sick of the uh, iPhone treatment to a product uh, that doesn't need to be an iPhone treatment. In other words, I, I don't really care. Uh, iPad six, iPad seven, iPad Mustang five, six, seven, eight, um, line six. This whole thing with this amps outdating. You know, here's what's funny to me. You can improve products, of course, especially digital products. Um, but it's just not something I'm interested in. So I, I understand why you're frustrated. I kind of feel the same way. Um, I feel that way about the new Katana. You know, I have the new Katana too. I bought one. I think I, got, I told you guys this at the Anaheim uh, NAMM show. I bought it at the Guitar Center. And um, you guys asked me about reviewing it. And I'm going to say the weirdest thing. I don't want to review the new Katana because although there's some physical changes to it and it's updated, I just don't know because I already got rid of my first one because I sold my first one years ago. I don't know that I notice or care what's different about it. And um, so I was thinking about ABing it. Maybe I should do an AB video of the old one and the new one I, to see. But I, I can tell you right now, I could care less. Um, yeah, I'm looking around. I don't know why I'm looking around. I, I could care less what's new about the new Katano amp. Um, I didn't even look in the manual or watch a video what they changed i just i thought i noticed there was another control that i didn't notice before something like that but i plugged in played it it sounded good so it's kind of feel it feels a little like eh, they modded it or they fixed it but it, there was nothing wrong with the first one so yeah i'm a little yeah a little burnout on that too as well um uh fret little midnight says favorite spring reaver pedal oceans 11 or boss uh, three Ooh, both are very good I really like the Boss 63. I bet you the Ocean's 11 is better because Boss is just good. It's never great. But I really like the Boss 63 Reaver pedal. In fact, it's right there. Um, I have two of them. So I have two of them. I love them. Uh, love it. I don't know why. Just love that pedal. Uh, 
It's not it's not because it's a boss. It's not because of any reason. I just love the tone. It's not even the, the reverb. The reverb sounds good, but there's a uh I know it's a buffered pedal, but I'm just saying when you plug it into an effects loop of an amp, there's just a, a fattening effect to the amp that, that I really like that the pedal does. Um JT says sandpaper grit to smooth out fret sprout on rosewood. Yes. Um, I personally don't use sandpaper to deal with fret sprout on the guitars. Um, there is a couple micro mesh kits that I'll use. They're very fine on the, on what grit they are. I'm trying to think. Usually I use a file. So first if fret sprout sticking out, I use a file. That's the first thing I want to tell you. I don't use sandpaper. I use a file. Uh, so I have a video on how to correct Brad Sprout and that's the file I used you. I do have, I do, I do do. I do have a file downstairs that I bought off Amazon to try for Fred Sprout. It's a, 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 it was like an $8 fake style, fake, um, um, uh, Stumac type tool. When I did the tool video where I went the tools at uh, Amazon, I um, they backordered that and didn't ship it to me. So I have it. Uh, I want to check it out. Um, so to answer your question, I don't use sandpaper. I use a, a file. Um, that's what I recommend. The files I, I suggested in that video, and <coughs> or you can use uh, micro mesh, which I really like. Know some YouTube channels and some people have been using those sand blocks. I do not like those sanding blocks. I'm not saying you can't use them. Use whatever you want on your guitars. Actually, that's the best way. I won't even say I don't like them. I'm not going to use them on my guitars or anybody who pays me to work on their guitars. So um, I like uh, the micro mesh stuff because I like stuff where when I'm, I'm, those are like for polishing the frets. I don't use those to actually sand the, the burrs off. The burrs, I use a file. Because I have more control of it. Gunky Zip says, Brian S. wants you to take the Alvarez Dina scoop off the wall and show it uh, show it to us close up. Uh, if not, no worries. Stay safe. I have a review of it. I'll put a link in the index to a review of the guitar. It's a full, uh, I think I have five things you don't know about it and a review of the Dana scoop uh, guitar. So that's not a problem. Uh, but uh, so I'll link it. So that way, not only will you... Uh, show you you'll see the review i'll put it in the index right now so if you're watching right now you can click the the replay you can click the index um gabriel says hey phil uh, why don't we see as much 24 and three quarters scale super strats like the kramer night song oh the night song and the charvel fusion etc um that dana scoop the red one i think is 24 and three quarters scale um the you you do a little bit because the new uh, NoHo, uh, which I think stands for North Hollywood, <laughs> the the Freeman NoHo uh, guitar that's a Charvel style guitar is a twenty four and three quarters. So you know, I mean, that's an expensive guitar. It's like thirty six hundred dollars, but it still means they're doing it. Why? I don't know. When I had the Halo guitar made, that's why I wanted twenty four and three quarters. I, I agree. I wish. I, you know what I mean? I, that's another thing. Like, like I said, maybe with the new market and and companies being more innovative, it'd be nice to see Fender doing that. They used to mess a little bit more with that twenty four and three quarters scale. I think there's. I think some of the super strat style guitars in twenty four three quarters are just sick. Great, great, great guitars. So, so, uh, oh. It jumped. I was looking at it. it. Says, "Oh, 
Oh, good question. The Guitar Hangout says, Phil, when you are rewiring a guitar, does it matter to use vintage style wire or just plain plastic coated wire? Um, I don't have a preference in the way that it sounds. I use cloth wire because I, I buy it in giant spools of them. Um, I think I get it from all parts. Who I buy the spools from. I might get it from Stu Mac. See, this was funny about this. I buy the spools every couple years. Uh, I buy black cloth and white cloth wire uh, in spools. And um, and then I don't have to worry about it. I like the cloth wire. It's easy. You don't have to. It's easy to work with. Uh, and the reason I did that, believe it or not, is because most customers didn't complain. You know what I mean? So I didn't have to carry all kinds of different kinds of wire. You know what I mean? Most customers didn't mind if I use cloth wire. Sometimes they specify that they want the other kind, you know, the plastic coated wire. I'd use that if they ask. And sometimes kits have that. Um, but uh, cloth wire, just because I could buy it in the spool when I had it and it's easy to work with and I like it. And so that's why I use it. But there's no particular. Um, a lot of times stuff like that. There's a bunch of stuff like that that when I purchase it, I'm trying to buy it in bulk to cut down my cost. And I'm trying to find stuff that's more universal. In other words, accepted by more customers and more people. Um, so I don't have to have all kinds of special types of, you know, I try to like output jacks. I buy all my output jacks or switchcraft. Why? Just because most people have no problem with that. So they say, Hey, I need my output jack re replaced. And I, and they go, what kind do you have? And I go switchcraft, but I can get whatever you want. And they go oh, switchcraft and fine. So I'll buy a, a bags of switchcraft parts, like a hundred of them. Uh, uh, Alpha Jacks. So again, because it's if you guys, if you guys, those of you who watch the channel, obviously that work on guitars, uh, a lot of a lot of techs, guitar techs, as I've been to them at shops, will watch the the live show and stuff. Will understand what I'm talking about. It's a huge difference in price when you buy packaged versus unpackaged uh, parts. You know what I mean from suppliers. So when you go to Antique Electronics Supply or you go to All Parts uh, and you buy in bulk, man, it really drives down those prices. Sometimes it could go from five dollars a part to two fifty a part, and uh, that's on the wholesale side. So imagine on the retail side, you get you know that money comes back. And uh, parts you really want as much margin as as possible because. Sometimes they get damaged. Sometimes they're, they're faulty. You know what I mean? And, and it's tough to get on the phone with a company and be like, this potentiometer doesn't work. I need a replacement. Sometimes it's just like, oh, that was crap. You know, you test it and it's no good. Toss it, get another one and think about it. You're out three bucks and just keep moving because your labor is really important. You know what I mean? Keep moving. Um, hey, that's Oh, Kevin McCoy says first edition t-shirt here. He, and uh, he said first time seeing the, uh, hanging on a live show. Well, that's cool. So obviously if you guys don't know what that means, he means he has a shirt that's pre the 100,000 subscribers, the vintage uh, logo, the original vintage logo. I think I'm, I think I'm pushing myself. I got a vintage logo. No, it's just the original one. All right. Uh, what else? Let's, let's do a couple more before we go. Oh, I'm refreshing. Hold on a second. Hopefully the whole time I've been talking, the internet's working. It's been a mess. Um, Drew says, I want to install my favorite Godo 510 in my AM Pro, American Pro Strat, but the trim cavity is too narrow for the Godo arm to insert. Yes. What should I do to make it fit? Uh, you know, you could router it. You know, I wouldn't, 
I'm not saying American professional strats going to have, re, you know, resale value one day, like a vintage guitar. Um, the Godo 510 bridge is a good bridge. It's not the bridge I put in my strats though. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mod the guitar. That's my advice. If you want some advice, I wouldn't mod the guitar. The reason is, is this is the don't do something that you don't want to do because you want to save money because you bought the bridge. You know what I mean? If you can't send the bridge back, because sometimes most, you know, sometimes most times parts are non-returnable. Um, you can always sell the bridge. I know you'll take a hit, but think about what you'll save by not doing it. There's other bridges. I really I'll have a video soon. I'll release it. It just it everything got messed up for the because of covid with this uh video because uh if you guys recall for 250,000 the qu quarter million subscriber 60 million views we were going to do two guitars remember i was going to have two guitars built two one for to give away and one to keep and it was going to be this big thing and obviously what happened was covid happened i physically couldn't travel um and uh, uh so i was going to go to the thing and do the guitars and of course now the company that was going to uh do that do that with me they're literally shut down right now we're all just sitting hiatus however um in those uh guitars i'm gonna use the vega trim uh but also i i wanted to i didn't want to put out this video until that video came out but now i'm gonna have to do which is um i updated one of my favorite strats to a vega trim i like the vega trim i'll explain why in the video i, I think it's far superior to the go to bridges i have go to bridges in most all my guitars uh, the Ivan is AZ's my Friedman has the go to bridge. My Charvel has the go to bridge and it. it's a great bridge. I like it, but I still like the Vega trim better. Um, so think about that. You can, you can have that as an option as well. Uh, West Shipman wants to know what's my thoughts on the Epiphone casino coupe. I haven't probably touched one in 10 years. Uh, I just remember thinking it was a cool guitar and that's, I mean, literally like one of those things, like I picked it up off the wall, played it a little bit probably did a quick setup and, and, you know, back in the days of the shop. Um, very cool. You know what I mean? Obviously I, I I've been saying I've been wanting to get a hollow body guitar, like an Epiphone and that'd be one of the ones I'd consider. And then David just wanted to do it. Just support the channel and stay safe. I'm trying buddy. I, I, we're all just trying to stay safe, uh, which is smart, which is why we're all hanging out, watching a live hangout, <laughs> being safe. Hopefully you guys are all safe where you're at. Um, oh, I love this. My knees hurt says I've been practicing so much. My left hand is killing me. I have started playing left handed upside down. LOL. Um, you know, it's funny. I've been practicing so much more too. Same thing. It's kind of funny, right? You get those, uh, you get, it's funny. Uh, what's great is, you know, you know, when you're practicing, cause I practice a lot, uh, um, I enjoy playing guitar so much. I, I play every day for a few hours, always a few hours. Um, generally I try to play an hour, two hours in the morning, and then I play throughout the day a little bit sporadically. And then at night I play for an hour. So it's always fun. Um, regardless of what's going on, but yeah, sometimes, uh, uh, me right now, I, I'm in the, uh, <laughs> I let too long go by. This happens every once in a while. And it's happening to me right now where you, don't play your acoustics. And, uh, I went without realizing it months like a one, you know, I, I always play acoustic. I love acoustic way more than electric, you know, for fun. I like to play it. And for some reason, I'm like a month or two recently without playing acoustics. I've been playing acoustic again a lot. And boy, does that just, Oh, your tendons, everything just feels like a workout. It's like just putting like, it's like you're putting ankle weights on and 
going for a jog. You're like, oh, I forgot it's like this. So, yeah, I feel your pain. Um, in fact, I cheated. I finally just took one of my acoustics and just put uh, 11s on it. Took the 12s and put 11s. Uh, Jim777V says, I have a Freeman Runt 20, and I want to connect to my computer with the XLR out. Uh, anything special I need to do to hook it up without the cat? Can I? Oh, do it. Wait. Special. I need to do it to hook it up without the cab. Thanks. Question mark. Nope. You don't have to do anything. That's what I was saying earlier about the whole cab question on the run 20. Nope. You can plug in your computer and uh, you don't have to um, have it plugged into the cab. So just, uh, you know what? And there's a little cool little instruction in their um, owner's manual as well. Tells you how to do it. So super easy. It's a great amp. I'm not old. I'm vintage says Starbucks money for the favorite dump truck driver. Oh, you know, I was thinking about, I was, I was not thinking about you specifically, but I was thinking about you guys this week saying something today about the dump truck driver Starbucks story that I'm not going to tell, but I appreciate you doing the super chat and poising me to have to tell that story that I'm not going to say. Um, but I, not because I won't do it, uh, just not today. So I'll, I, if you guys remind me, like in a, next, maybe next Friday, if, if you guys want me to tell you this really silly story that I told everybody about how why I tell Starbucks employees I'm a dump truck driver, <laughs> I'll tell it. Justin made again, what's up, man? Says, uh, Phil McKnight from Low FR can say, oh, I'm okay, can you say happy birthday? to seven-year-old Jack just got his first guitar, a Red Squire mini Strat. Any advice? Happy birthday, Jack. That's the first thing. That's easy. Uh, first, uh, yes. Here's my advice uh, when you are uh, when you have your new cool mini Strat guitar. Um, first piece of advice is that uh, when you watch TV, I'm assuming you watch TV. Kids don't watch TV anymore, right? You watch Netflix. What I'm saying is, is a great thing to do when you're a new new guitar player. Besides practice every day, you need to practice every day. And sometimes that's hard to remember. So here's my piece of advice. Uh, you should never watch cartoons. <laughs> this is this is just good advice, right? Seven-year-old Jack, you should never watch cartoons without your guitar on your hands. When the commercials come on, play guitar. If you watch all your cartoons on Netflix where there's no commercials, uh, then what you I want you to do is in between episodes, take five minutes in practice. So the reason why I said that on the average... Uh, it's actually seven minutes, but do five. So what I mean by that is on a TV show or any of that stuff, a 30 minute uh, show will have about seven minutes of commercials. So that means if you practice or whenever the commercials come on, just practice at the end of the cartoon, you'll have seven minutes of practice. It's really easy. It's not a lot of time, but it's something to do that. If you're watching on Netflix and you don't commercials, understand that the episodes are 22, 23 minutes long. And between, before you start the next episode, said practice for five minutes so you watch two cartoons you got 10 minutes of practice three cartoons you got 15 minutes of practice make this in between that's a great thing to do and then practice as well your normal practice but what you'll notice is um even if you forget to practice that day you got some of that time in that's some good advice for kids that's what i recommend uh a very dead horse that's the sign on <laughs> we're gonna end hey happy birthday jack and now a very dead horse. <laughs> a very dead horse uh, says, hey, I just picked up a 1966 Gibson GA15 RVT amp with a 10-inch speaker. In it, 
that I'd uh, like to replete, uh, replace opinions. It has a 12 AU7, two 12 AX7s, two EL84s. Uh, yeah, I would, me, those amps, they're always thinner and brighter than I like them to be. Um, I would try, well, it's here's the, the trade-off. Sometimes I like the Jensen style speakers, you know, to give you more of a vintage kind of vibe. Those are kind of fun, but I like a lot of those, uh, vintage amps like that, uh, that are different, um, to get eminent speakers. I think eminent speakers have a really nice tone for those type of amps. Uh, it's just something su to suggest. So, um, but what's cool about that amp is one thing you can do is a little trick is if you have an EQ pedal, you can plug an EQ pedal into it and you can manipulate uh, the, the tones with EQ and try to find a tone with the amp strumming chords. You like the tone of the amp using the EQ. And then when you find it, you can use that EQ as a reference when you're looking online at speakers, when they say, okay, it's more mid heavy or more bass heavy, you'll know uh, which, where you should be look, which way you should be looking because you'll look on the EQ spectrum and go, okay, I was really pushing the mids when I, you know, when I got the right one I wanted, or I was pushing the low end. So it's a little trick. You can use an EQ pedal to dial in a good clean tone and then use how you've adjusted that to when you're looking online specs at speakers to get a general idea of like okay when they, they when the manufacturer says this pick this speaker is more treble based or more high or high frequency based or low frequency based or mid range based that uh, you you can use that as a reference jbn12 says can you please go over the differences between player performer and professional and whether it's worth up from one door sure of course uh i'll make it easy so player is a main mexico tar and um that's uh, also a mexican standard if you're pre whenever the change was which was a couple years ago right 2017 something like that 18 probably 17 uh so players uh players obviously it's made in mexico i think if you're looking at a guitar a fender guitar made in mexico you are looking at a fender guitar Right. That's how I look at that. So if you're like, hey, I want a Fender guitar, Strat, Tele, whatever, player series guitar, it just means you want a Fender guitar, you want the Fender sound, and, you, and you're going to get the value of a Fender guitar. Performer series. This is a for an art, uh, artist or a musician who's like, I want a Fender guitar made in America. Now that's what matters to me. Right. Um, it will have some features that are different than performer. The player, it will be in some ways a little better and a lot in a lot of ways not as good because again, they change things on the performer series. Um, so again, and before the performer series, that would be called uh what was it called before that? I remember it was the Highway One series, then it changed for something else. Special, American special. So highway series, American special, and performer. So if you're looking at these used, the reason I'm telling you at JBN12 is that if you're looking at these guitars looking at used, you know player series is a Mexican standard. You know uh, performer series is uh, American special or highway one, which highway one would have satin finishes. But either way, you're looking at made in the USA. Now this is for the player who wants Fender, Fender sound, but also made in America because that is it's the historically, you know, where it started, it's, there's a vibe to it. There's something cool. It has a better, maybe a resale value. Although I think the main Mexico stuff has great resale value too. Professional series is now you have a guitar that's very, very uh, like the player series, but it is made in America. What is great about this guitar is 
there'll be a few things that are upgraded, whether it be a little bit more polished under the frets and a few other things that are just a little bit noticeable, more noticeable to the more polished tenured player. They're going to notice a few things a little more refined than the American players are, sorry, made Mexico player series. However, the majority of what you're spending is, is the idea that you'll never have to want for a, another Fender guitar. In other words, sure, you can go to the ultra stuff or the deluxe, which is the older series. They'll have more features. And of course there's vintage moderns or vintage series and, and custom shop. But essentially the professional series or the American standard is the, um, you know, you have it, you have the guitar that you would never have to buy again. That is the main differences. Um, you know, there's a lot of features and people are going to focus on that stuff, but I'm going to tell you right now, the, the thing I look at this is if you want a guitar, you want to fit a guitar and you want to play it, just get the player series. Just play it. If the performance series is cool, if you want to upgrade uh, to American made and there's some cool features, some of these have color differences too. But, but like I said, it really, the core argument becomes if you buy a player series, I'll tell you statistically things that you should be aware of. If it doesn't matter to you buy the player player and be happy. What I will tell you was, is if it matters to you even a little bit, save your pennies and go up the, the, the range. Because what I can tell you statistically is people who buy a made in Mexico Fender guitar statistically upgrade to an American one. There's a reason why Fender does what they do. It's a stepping series. You go from Squires to made in Mexico's to Americans. It's a stepping series. It's designed by design. They know we're going to do that. So not everybody. Some people will buy a Squire and be happy. Heck, like I said, with that note, you can buy a Squire and be just as happy with those guitars too. Um, all right. Uh, what else? And then we'll call it, we'll call it and We'll do one or two more quick questions and then we'll go. Cause we did an hour and a half. Okay. Uh, Hold on. Oh, uh, Big Idea 100 says, Phil, did you hear that Fender uh, is not making Ash production guitars anymore? I hadn't heard that. Not shocked by that by any means. Uh, obviously, it's you're just mentioning it to me now, so I'm not saying that, you know, I don't. I haven't heard any confirmation of it, but I'm assuming, you know, you've heard it from a credible source. Um, uh, you know, generally, generally when I think of Fender and Ash guitars, obviously the natural color guitars, I would be shocked that they would, uh, do the natural colors in the alder. They've typically always done when they do natural finishes, they'll do it on the Ash. When they do butterscotch on Ash, I'm really, well, what I'm saying, I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked in the Fender strats. Are you sure they're not going to do Ash tellies? Because butterscotch generally is an Ash body. But I don't know if there's something going on with Ash right now. There's trouble getting them. I mean, it's a little tricky right now because there's no, uh, there's no, <laughs> Fender's not making any guitar bodies right now. So, less, uh, so, uh, and it says, uh, Quitsacostal something says they are using Ash for limited runs, custom runs. Yeah. Now, here's what I will tell you. Back to, I want to circle around to back to what I was saying earlier on the show. If, it's a legitimate issue with Ash. If there's something going on, I haven't heard anything, by the way. Uh, if there's something going on with Ash, 
and Fender is having to is you know make adjustments to their manufacturing process, then it's fine. If they were just pulling the stuff like I told you before, where it's like, oh, you're gonna pay a little more, you gotta get ash now. Uh, that crap will stop when if the you know I mean like I said, as soon as the market is uh, if the market's not doing well, they're gonna have to find ways to get us to buy guitars and so that stuff. But like I said. Before COVID-19, this industry was booming, so they could pull whatever they want. Everybody could. I'm not just picking up Fender. Um, like I said, it's it's uh, you know, it's a it's easy to say no when you're making a lot of money. So um so yeah, but like I said, I hadn't heard that. I'll uh, do some research because I'm curious now to see because it's silly <laughs> silly um like i said there was only a few models that they did in ash that people even wanted anyways like i said it would be the transparent finishes mostly on the tellies the butterscotch and then on some of the fender um, uh fender strats some of the fender on the some of the strats uh you know like they did the um like the cherry burst would be on the ash, you know, there's be like that. But I don't really remember me personally. I don't remember selling a lot of ash body fender guitars other than butters, butterscotch or blonde. Why am I saying butterscotch? There's butterscotches too, but blonde. I don't know. Maybe I want a butterscotch. <laughs> uh, uh. The, uh, ah. Okay, so Big Idea 100 says an invasive beetle is killing ash trees. Well, then there you go. Yeah, that's a different scenario, of course, right? The scenario would be this is a, uh, just like the rosewood thing, you know, if there's if you're limiting the amount, then yeah, they're going to cut back. And that makes sense. And I think that's very smart of them to do, uh, if that's the issue, right? If they're making adjustments to the market, uh, not market, but the, you know, the availability of the wood. Um. Yeah, and a lot of you guys are saying over and over again, you're reading the same thing. Bug damaging the wood. Okay. There's been stuff like that in the past, so that doesn't sh uh, shock me. So it'll be interesting to see what they're going to try. I don't, I would, I would be shocked if they start doing blonde tellies on alder. Uh, so maybe they use pine, something like that. They've done pine like that. So it'll be interesting. All right. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. Um, and, uh, I want to do a couple, oh, a couple quick, uh, little fun, little quick th things. Maybe where's it at? Hold on before I go. I have so many screens up right now. I want to make sure first, I don't have a super chat sitting on. Nope. I don't. So please don't super chat me right now. Cause I'm not looking at super chats and I, so you won't get it answered if you do it. Um, what I do want to do is two things. I want to thank a couple of new patrons this week. I, I, something I never did before. I thought it'd be my fun. Uh, Charles, uh, Charles, uh, Nugent, uh, joined this week. Thank you so much. Eric Breyer, uh, joined this week. Thank you, uh, Eric. I appreciate that. Gerald, uh, he, he upgraded this week, so he didn't join this week, but he upgraded to a tier higher tier. I appreciate you that much. Uh, thank you so much for that uh and i'd never done this before i thought this would be a little fun little different thing since i read off of the main list last week i just read off a couple um this week um and where are you at there was two more um oh uh robert 
Robert uh, Wynn, he uh, didn't, again, didn't join Patreon, but upgraded. And I appreciate that, you guys. That was really cool, you guys. Like I said, new, always nice when new patrons jump on, but it's really cool when the, some of the existing ones jump up a tier and do stuff like that. Some of the tiers I have are limited, as you guys know. And then the uh, uh, Levi is the, uh, well, he's not the last. He was actually the first one of the month. So these are all the ones that joined for the month. Uh, I appreciate you guys for doing that stuff um and uh and uh supporting the channel and supporting what i do as i click all of my 50 different screens uh and uh hope you guys enjoyed some of the videos this week as you guys know i'm trying to put out some of the more uh non-exciting content in other words content you guys have been asking for like repair content or informational content like that stuff uh because hey you know you guys are stuck at home and i'm hoping you guys will enjoy it and uh, so as always and then i will see you guys next week so as, uh, as I always say, thank you so much for your time. Till the next time, know your gear.